the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome to episode 35. Not a milestone. Definitely not. Of oh, that's a show. We didn't even have 30 as a milestone, so... <laughs> we just forgot it happened. So, well, we said that we weren't going to do it, didn't we? Because it was... Because um, it's vomit-inducing. Yeah. But then uh, Toby emailed in anyway, didn't he? And yes, had I a forgot go- about And that had a go at us for being obsessed with milestones. I think he's wrong about that. I think he's very wrong. I think he's projecting, and in fact, what he does is every time he listens to a new episode, he lights a birthday cake with that many candles and wears a little tragic hat and sings happy birthday to that's a shame to himself. Because we're refusing to acknowledge the milestones. Yep. Yeah, I'm on board. How do you feel about that? Yep, no, I think that you're probably bang on the money there. And he's bleeding from the eyeballs. Didn't mention that. And he's got a big tub of Vaseline and he slicks all his hair back with it. What is it with you and Vaseline today? You've already disgusted yourself <laughs> I've once got really with Vaseline. Lips, okay. <laughs> I don't actually. They're good at the moment. Thanks. But yes, this is episode 35 of That's a Shame. I am Declan. Your uh, your main host, I would I'd probably say. I'm Isaac, the one who's going to edit out Declan saying your main host, <laughs> because that is the kind of power I wield over this production. Oh, but yeah, welcome back. I can't believe that you would um, that you would sink to such pettiness. I, I don't say sink like I don't. That's a edit lie. Stuff out. Every That's a time. lie. I mean, I can <laughs> I can 100 believe that you would sink to. Such Sometimes pettiness. I just. Um, add pauses before some of your words so the reader the reader the listener gets the sense that you just struggle for vocabulary don't, don't know what i'm on about <laughs> yeah i'm gonna like keep doing it so people start emailing to be like is Declan okay he seems to be like really struggling for basic <laughs> just, language these days just listen back in and you you put an artificial stuff stuff stu- stu- stutter on <laughs> that'd be amazing words. because it's like one of those things do you remember that lateral thinking puzzle in the loosest sense if you've ever had a book of lateral thinking puzzles you'll see that they go from the classic about like oh there's a man found hanging 20 foot in the air with a wet patch what's gone on there then <laughs> God, just say with a wet patch he makes he just pissed himself <laughs> and the, the answer is he could fly <laughs> and he, he had fly, but the, the drawback was he had no he bladder powered control by pure urine pressure from his bladder <laughs> one of those jet packs like a hose pipe it's amazing um they go from things like that ice cube to just the most preposterous bullshit and i one time want to tell you because i messaged you a while back about 6am to be like, I want to go to bed, but I'm stuck in the middle of this stupidest oh, yeah. argument ever. I won't get into it now, but it was a lateral thinking puzzle in the vein of this one, which is like the setup from my book was something like the once was a famous basketball player living in some state in America. Uh, the next day <laughs> he killed himself. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> and from that, like, I'm not, I'm exaggerating slightly, but it was maybe a three sentence setup from which you were supposed to ascertain that, uh, his coach or like a rival player had been getting jealous of his performance. And in order to like psychologically fuck with him every day, they'd gone and added like an inch of height to his mailbox at the end of his drive. So this man thought he was shrink like, like, but without checking it against any other metric isn't that other just, than his letterbox. Isn't that just the, the plot of the twits? The role yeah, album? pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is it gets, eventually he thinks he's like 10 inches tall and uh, kills himself. So it's a lesson there for us all. Why he did I bring this up? He couldn't reach, 
he couldn't reach the mailbox, but he could open the door to get out to it still. <laughs> but he thought, fuck he it. He could reach the top shelf to where he kept all his hanging rope. Yeah. <laughs> but he thought that was just a fluke. He thought his bladder had helped him up there. Yeah. But um, I don't remember why I even started talking about lateral puzzles. Uh, because was I was, you were talking about gaslighting me by editing me out. Oh, uh, yeah. So it'd be that kind of thing where see- like, I could build a case against you. Did you see the... Um, there was a... Today I learned on on Reddit the other day about Agatha Christie's last novel. I didn't, um, but I know about this. Is it Elephants Can Remember? Yeah, that one that shows and it's like, like the stage right of about three different words. Yeah, it's just it's just lost. it's just elephants can, can remember hundreds of times. Over. Eighty yeah. of the pages are just different flip book drawings. Yeah, it's like she has twenty percent less vocabulary. That's interesting. Like that, someone's kind of picked up on that and able mm. to to diagnose backwards. But people analyse the fuck out of her books though, yeah. because they're like, they're such a mad cauldron of very, very standard prose, but with just the most incredibly detailed plots that you're like, I can't imagine the kind of mind that can work out something as in-depth as like, and then there were none, Yeah, but can't write a sentence longer than, hurrah, Hastings ejaculated yeah. <laughs> about 85 times a chapter. It's great though. I love Agatha Christie stuff. So episode 35, <laughs> mm. which we should probably get on to. We should. Um, you wanted to tell a story. You teased it last episode. Yes, I did. Well, here it was. It's about ghosts. That's one of and our it, favorite topics. It, it should be known yeah. if people don't know already. We're big on ghosts. Ghosts. They're up there for me. They're up there with like <clears throat> letterboxes increasing in height and all that kind of bullshit. Well, it was inspired by, or at least I think I remembered because pretty much the last thing I did in Edinburgh was this 10 p.m. to about midnight ghost walk through the city. And Edinburgh is known apparently as one of the most haunted cities of all. So that's good of, to know. Of all? Yeah, it's up there with like Hades House, that kind of vibe. Right. And what this ghost walk, this isn't actually the one I'm you, you about. Had you had that vibe throughout the rest of the uh your stay in edinburgh or well was it just when they told you explicitly i guess what it is it's one of those things that when you're told about it you're like oh that's why all that nothing happened i think what's so good about ghosts is that they often if they think you're a bit skeptical about them they keep their distance to just so they can really prove you wrong one day yeah well that's what i said about the ghosts i can't believe i'm saying this (laughs) about the ghosts at the hotel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there are any um is just everyone being so worried about them despite the fact oh. that they've never once done anything people, <laughs> people have seen them though well even well, they, even they if they even they? if they had even That's just if, our pale guest yeah even if i break with reality and agree that people have seen them if all these people have seen them but still they've left them alone they're nice ghosts, so don't worry yeah, about it. Just leave them the fuck. Or alone. they're or they're they're so powerless as to just simply be missed. In which <laughs> case, that's all they may as well be. Considered. That's a horrible condemnation of ghosts that you've got there. And if if you're not haunted to fuck tonight, then I think that's even more proof against our spirit pals. But this no, it was quite good. This ghost walk, it was quite a spur of the moment thing to do. And um, the reason I did it is because I went on one in York, which I'll tell you about after. And this one, it wasn't like a funny story particularly. It was just interesting. They took you under the vaults of the city. There's a huge like underground bit in Edinburgh where... um, Because the shape of Edinburgh is odd, as we've alluded to before. 
And apparently it used to be two, basically two big encampments separated by a massive swamp that you would just die in if you went in. And people had to invent like massive stilt shoes to cross <laughs> to like go to work. <laughs> it all sounds quite mad. It all and, sounds um, quite made up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so they built this big bridge across, I think it was Southridge. I can't remember there. And, um, some of the only one of the vaults is now accessible and it's Cowgate, I think, basically, is the oh, yeah. vault. Like the underbelly venue, underbelly rather, is one of the vaults. And so there are maybe nineteen of those just attached to this bridge. And people used to live in them when they were like homeless. And then criminal gangs, as they kept referring to them, the criminal gangs would come in and um body snatch you for your organs and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was this thing called the giving someone the Berkey. Uh, which is a way of strangling someone with a very specific hand position where like it doesn't leave any trace that that's what's happened so that you could sell their body for dissection and the people wouldn't be like, hang on. How did you come across from the vaults? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that was good. But in the vaults themselves, it's very warm. Like they pump in warm air and then they just stand you in um, a big vault, half of which is like candle illuminated, but the bit behind you is just pitch black. And then she just sort of told you a story that was like mildly historical and majorly made up in my understanding. Certainly, But if you are in pitch black or if you look at pitch black for long enough, and for me, especially if you're uncomfortably warm, then you can, I can see why people buy it. Like it's an experience. Like I think last time, Last year, my girlfriend did this tour and she <laughs> thought she saw the ghost of one of the drag queens at Pollyanna. <laughs> and I was like, but she's not dead. Like, what, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, but she pushed me over. I was like, okay, well, we'll leave that. But yeah, so the, the ghost. With you, all your girlfriends believe in ghosts. It's weird, isn't it? I've because thought that. You very categorically <laughs> we've had this argument so many times with what does it say about me though that i attract ghost loving people maybe they think i'm a ghost who knows oh my God, if imagine you're... if this was proper like sixth sense yeah imagine if you like discovered it. on this podcast while telling a story about ghosts that you were that a ghost i know yeah well people used to think used to like shout that i was an imaginary a lot <laughs> <laughs> what sorry what do you mean? People used to shout that you were imaginary. Yeah. I, well, what more is there to say? Well, it used to anything. just be a thing that I was made up. That I was like a hallucination. Anyway, Ghost Walk in York was my first experience of a ghost walk. And um, you may remember there's a man in a tricorn hat that used to stand around shouting about ghosts did, to try was, and get you on his walk. He was on those weird uh, Edinburgh swamp stilts as well. I don't know if he was. I think he was just very tall. No. The man was eight th- feet tall. I know. Well, that's his power. That was the ghost <laughs> building him up. He was like the opposite of that letterbox. How, I was about to say, how tall is his mailbox? <laughs> yeah. <Can we? laughs> it's You can be seen from space. It's the only structure. Um, and so one day, it was when my mum was visiting me in like maybe first or, first or second year. And she'd come up. It might be my birthday or something. But it was just us for a bit. And we were like in town getting a drink or having dinner and we walked past this ghost man and he was like hey up lads come and see the ghosts if you're brave enough i was like okay sounds quite fun and um bought a little ticket for an overpriced amount rocked up at maybe nine o'clock or something and there was a group of about i'd say 
12 people. So a decent size, but importantly, not the best size for a ghost walk that you could have. And it all started, I was going to say normally, but nothing about a ghost walk is normal. Because what it is, if you boil it down, it's a madman walking you around a city to point out nothing. The extent to which you realise that is in direct proportion to their ability to spin an amazing tale of like well it may look like nothing but once upon a time eight thousand years ago someone thought they saw a ghost there and then the next year they died in a car crash or something and you're like and and 15 years later at the age of 84 they died in their sleep the spookiest time of all (laughs) that's so that was at night Ladies and gentlemen, at night. (laughs) The witching hour, anyone? It's when you're asleep. That's when they take you. So we were walking around following this man. And it went to some nice places that I hadn't really um, explored in York before. Because they weren't bars. And I saw a nice graveyard. I saw a nice tree that people used to hang themselves from. Just for a laugh. And uh, it all proceeded in what if I'd sat down beforehand and been like, what can I expect from a ghost walk? It would, it was basically that. It was like, good. Spooky house. You weren't missed. No, exactly. Like it was what I was there for until we were at this graveyard where there is a, a weird statue of someone I can't remember. I think it's a ghost. It turns out big ghost statue. And he was standing us around this. We had to stand around it in a circle, as I recall, whilst he sort of walked behind us. We all stared at the statue the whole time. And it was quite dark, quite cold, and it puts you in a bit of a weird state, like someone's going to boo out behind you or something, which didn't happen. But he was telling this story about uh, the man whose statue it was and how his life was cursed by ghosts and like every, he'd turn left and there'd be ghosts and he'd turn right and there'd be more ghosts. No! Not just normal ghosts, like poltergeists, phantoms, spooks, all of them, all the gang. And then... About three minutes into this story, when he was standing, he was like circling around, circling around. And I was aware that he was right behind me in that kind of binaural directional sense that you get from ASMR. And he just stopped really still, really close. And so I looked around and he he just sort of trailed off and was staring off into the distance where you could see what appeared to be another very tall man leading around a trail of equally bemused towards gullible people and what it was was the most disruptive second of this man's life because the remaining hour of this tour was no longer about ghosts other than the ghost of this man's relationship with this other ghost tour and it came to light over that hour at which we basically stopped like going anywhere. <laughs> he just sort of led us to follow these people around whilst <laughs> telling us in like aggressive terms how his basic claim was this man, I forget his name, I wish I knew it, had invented the concept of a ghost tour, right? Something Your man. Like, yeah, in like the seventies he'd come up with this. No one had done it before. Don't go <laughs> don't go querying that, okay? <laughs> I am sorry, I was about to Wikipedia the ghost no, tour. No, no, I- this- I wouldn't bother because you'll just see his eight foot stilt. Right. Oh, I see. He'd invented this, right. And the other guy who he'd spotted and who had distracted him so much, like uh, it would be like in, in an Agatha Christie when Poirot is talking to someone and then they like look off at a window and he's like, mm, I'll notice that for later. It was that kind of like cinematic 
head turn yeah. and just completely captivated his attention because, and fair enough, this man was his ghost apprentice back in the day. He'd taken him on, apparently from the streets, he'd said, although I don't know if that's some Yorkshire euphemism from his house. <laughs> but he'd taken this this lad on from the streets when he had nothing. He didn't have two shillings to rub together and he trained him in the art of the ghost walk, which let's remind ourselves was an art that this man, my guy had created from nothing. He'd, uh, he'd like built this entire art form out of his own head. So what had happened to create this animosity that was palpable in a way that the ghosts just weren't well in his own words, I had to go away for about 10 years, <laughs> which is the most lovely <laughs> way of, of saying I was in prison, prison. for a, for a definite long, crime. Long, long time. <laughs> a 10 stretch. His, yeah. Nothing about his demeanor meant that you wanted to query why that was the case. So we just sort of, oh, that's awful. 10 years. Yeah, that's a while. And when he came out, his apprentice had started a rival ghost tour, which was called the original ghost company. <laughs> and he now was selling the idea that like his business was predicated on having been there at the start of, of ghosts. <laughs> like it's the beginning of the punk when, movement. Well, when, like when, when ghosts, Dylan went electric. When ghosts first came on the scene in the seventies. Yeah. He's like, well, I was there, man. Crazy days. It was just me and ghosts doing lines of Coke <laughs> off a Henry the Hoover that was floating in the air mysteriously. And the whole rest of the tour was just following these people around as he just bitched loudly and like increasingly inebriatingly mm. about, about this ghost thing. So I never got to learn about what the statue was and why it was like ghostly. And it turned out that it, for me, it was quite beautiful because the contrast between how little involvement and how little atmosphere was generated by talking about the very much not real subject of ghosts stood in stark like visible palpable contrast to just the instant tension and excitement and intrigue that was generated by just a simple like head turn and this story unfolding it's just, about it's just real drama it isn't it yeah that and it was like it, that should be your talk it will always like, be yeah infinitely more interesting than someone perhaps who you don't know if they were real or not maybe saw something that you definitely know yeah. isn't real but it isn't there now. It just maybe <laughs> once wasn't. <laughs> like, it was just amazing. Like the, the drama of it, as you say, was like, if, if you sold people on, this is my like immersive theater piece about why I can't look at ghosts without thinking of my urchin apprentice. It should be your audition like, piece, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be amazing. I, I did against your, uh, your pleas, try to, mm -hmm. to look up the origin of the ghost walks. Uh -huh. couldn't couldn't find it so that i mean well, his story his story stands it's but what i did find was a, a website called hauntedrooms.co.uk <laughs> is it like airbnb um yeah but it's uh and and i found obviously through google's wonderful spying location services uh five oh, yeah. most haunted places in essex uh dash mm. find ghosts in essex <laughs> okay <laughs> a great um, like so I, I just wanted to read you a, a short extract yeah, because you'll quite like it, I think. Essex is home I do, I love to multiple castles, churches, and manors, which the tourism board use as a major marketing point. The county right. also has a couple of new towns, such as Harlow and Basildon, 
which were built, <laughs> which which the tourist board very much <laughs> yeah. tried to sweep Hide. under the rug, <laughs> ignore, which were built following the destruction caused of World War Two. Ah, oh, classic. Um, what is lesser known about Essex is that the county <laughs> is also the scene of countless ghost stories and is said to be haunted by various phantoms and spirits many of whom what's the difference that they're implying there do you know (laughs) no i think it's just so that they say ghost too often yeah (laughs) many of whom dwell within the aforementioned castles churches and manors but not in basildon we (laughs) not or harlow (laughs) malden (laughs) we have gathered just a few of those places in this article um, I just wanted to talk about number two on the list, which is Hadley Castle. Okay, um, have you been? I have, many a time. Is it nice? Uh, uh, well, Hadley Castle isn't there. Oh, there's, it's one of those. There's one tower and mm-hmm. some rubbled foundations. They are the most disappointing that landmarks to visit, aren't they? Yeah, and um, so I don't know whereabouts they're claiming in what's left this ghost dwells. Otherwise, they just still dwell floats on like where the third floor just, would have been, just above some grass. <laughs> um, but here we go. Much of the paranormal activity in Hadley Castle has been captured on camera uh, by no. some of Britain's most eager paranormal investigators. However, the ghostly goings on at the castle were reported long before the advent of such technology. Mm-hmm. I, I like that it's all been caught on film, but they are—they oh, have neglected to. To actually link us to any of that. Oh, they haven't got any no. any of the footage there? No. Had- well, I guess it's because it's just so true. That it's like, <laughs> yeah, why would you need, need it? Yeah. <laughs> Hadley Castle was built early in the 13th century, but quickly fell victim to poor planning. Having been... It, 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 it literally... <laughs> strange literally, they built say. They built it on a hill, but yeah. also on a hill that was already falling down. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that is poor planning. So they spent the whole of its like lifespan just trying to dig it out of the mud. <laughs> uh, having been built on unsteady ground, Hadley Castle rapidly began to deteriorate and was probably in a pretty bad way by the time it was sold for £700. <laughs> wow. The new owner of Hadley Castle did little to care for it and the building was in ruins by the 19th century, during which time it is believed the infamous highwayman, Dick Turpin, he seems no he seems to pop up in a lot of ghost stories of around the, the UK. Where, where the hell was he based? Used it, used it as a hideout. He was based in the spirit realm. That's yeah. why he's in all these ghost stories. He just flitted around, appearing in stories. Hadley Castle is said to be haunted by the ghost of a haggard old lady who'd have oh, I thought. <laughs> I think I saw her. Who was, who was encountered one morning by a milkmaid named Sally. <laughs> I love that they've given that detail yeah. to try and add like well I, I mean we, Sally is not I love that we know life. this detail but not any other like when this was uh, <laughs> whereabouts why who she was working it was sometime after the advent of milk but before cameras <laughs> yeah <laughs> in that gap <laughs> really leaves us open to all manner of wide gold the ghostly figure demanded Sally return to the castle at midnight to meet her again However, the young, okay, ha, ha, like a drug deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a milkmaid, all right? You've got I'm the wrong idea. Drop it in the bin. <laughs> You've got to get it out. Uh, however, the young woman couldn't bring herself to venture to the building in the dead of night, which is more which is more than understandable, they said. <laughs> Unfortunately for Sally, she encountered the maniacal woman a second time the next morning. 
furious that the milkmaid had stood her up the previous <laughs> night. Was she asking her out? <laughs> yeah. It was like ghost tinder. <laughs> the witch struck her on the head, almost dislocating her neck in the process. You can't dislocate I'm, a I'm, neck. <laughs> The neck is that's like just, lots of that's other just bones. decapitation. <laughs> Breaking. From then on, Sally became. <laughs> what did she become? No, this is this is the worst thing I've she ever read. Become... From then on, <laughs> Sally became known to the locals as Rye Neck Sal. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she have to get bullied by this? She's already been smashed in the face by some kind of WWE ghost. (laughs) Why is she getting a raw deal? To this day, it is said that the withered hag can still be heard cackling during the night, and few have been brave enough to venture to the ruins after dusk. Should we go? Should we go and do a podcast? Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Hadley Castle uh, remains fond in my memory, because Mm. uh, the other reason that no one's been there after dusk is because no one actually knows when it's open because the, <laughs> the sign on the gate says oh, yeah. o- opening times any reasonable time <laughs> <laughs> which couldn't be that's so there funny. couldn't be less information <laughs> i think that it's but now with this extra information i think it's based on like the demands of the haggard old maniacal woman you don't, it's like whenever she wants she doesn't it. want to get stood up again no or you could be she's not gonna be a little bitch you could be wry neck eyes <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> wow. I love okay. I love ghost walks and things like that, though. I do as well. I don't know what... I just... um, it's. I guess it's like you're always testing your own devotion to yeah. the idea that we know what the world's like and what we know about it is there's not ghosts in it. In, in my mind, they come um, in the same uh, bracket of entertainment as uh, those kind of walk-through experiences. Yeah. Um, I love stuff. Which like I adore because they are predicated on you the uh, the visitor the mm. customer the audience um being at the precise level of involved that they need if you're not involved enough then it's impossible for them to like perform the experience because they yeah. need you to kind of go along with it. But also if you go along with it too much, they fucking hate it, which is what I, was going which is what I always do. I, went, <laughs> I always get into character. I went, I went, I went on a, on a date with a girl once and we went to, we were was it a, a maniacal old. Oh, it was a hag. Rye neck hole. She was called. <laughs> but um, we were, it was at uh, Westfield, I think we were meeting, and we were going for dinner. Yeah. But they had a, a huge uh, walk-through experience on one of the floors in there that was, seemed to be based on, like, Grimm's fairy tales or something. Why so did they? I, was there I, any occasion? God, I don't know. There was no, mm. there was nothing Quite really going on. Quite a shopping centre. So I was, I demanded that we do this. <laughs> I oh, yeah. have to go in. So I, like, did exactly the same as you just said. I throw myself into it 100% because it makes it really yeah. awkward for them because they're simultaneously <laughs> having to hype everyone else up and they calm you down. They have to match your levels, though, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they have to, like, really deal with the room. So I, we walked into the first room and there was a, a woman in there kind of peering out the window. Mm-hmm. And she was looking at, like, Top Man outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, she said, H&M. And she, she said, Red's gone. And I was like... <gasps> No, when? <laughs> oh, um, uh, well, it was, uh, not that, not that, not that long. It's not relevant to the plot, don't worry. The, the wolf's out there. No, not as in the big bad big. wolf. 
how, uh, how big and bad are we talking? Yeah, that, 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 that's him. He's, he's outside. I was like, fuck, fuck. Oh my God. What, okay. What, what, what do you suggest? She was like, reached out for your flick knife. She was like, backs to the walls. So I literally slammed myself against it. I nearly knocked the whole thing over. The whole temporary flimsy, like cardboard. The MDF just crumbled into dust. I slammed up against it like my own shadow. (laughs) Just (laughs) pinned again. And she was like, okay. Yep. Everyone else as well. So they kind of moved over to the wall. And uh, she was like, "You must. You're going to have to go and you're going to have to go and find her." So I said, "We we we can do it. right, guys. We can find <laughs> we can find her. Everyone, hands in. Okay. <laughs> For red. Like, okay, I think you've got time. Go go go. I veritably kicked the door open. Sprint. <laughs> she was like, "Look for red." So sprinted into the next room. I'm looking. We kicked the door into the next room. Walked in, and there was just a. Uh, a, a black woman in the corner sat dressed all in black, uh, sat kind of looking quite fearful. And I just ran in and went up to her and went, are you red? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she, she broke character and went, I don't like you. <laughs> That's such a great <laughs> So she, she like did her bit whilst ignoring me and then sent me a different route to everyone else <laughs> through this That's little so like funny. through this game. It was the I don't like you is such a great thing to say to someone. <laughs> it's so like on the nose. <laughs> so just had I don't like you enough. That's so funny. So yeah. And then in the next room there was just uh, a man dancing like ballroom dancing, but with no one, as it were. Just, like the smiling just man. Just to himself. Who? You not know about the smiling man? No. Okay, well, it's, we'll save it for our Halloween edition. Perfect. Any, That's it's so a great, soon. One of those, like, creepy pastas. Oh, it's soon. Our Halloween one's going to be, be incredible. Five-hour marathon episode. Yeah. Um, it's our only episode that month. But he was, um, he was just doing it for ages, and then, cut, like, kind of coming uncomfortably close to me and then dancing away. And I just stood there for ages. How did you not become involved in this dance? Well, you because just I, grabbed him? I just wanted to see what he would do if I just, mm. if, if I, if I didn't move. React. <laughs> and I just stood there for ages and he danced around and it, he must have danced around for about three minutes. <laughs> but that's and then, and then, I don't like you. And then, and then, no. And then he went, the, the, the door's over there. It's on that side. <laughs> just pointed to it. I was like, oh, oh shit. No. I was like, that's so that's, poorly that's all this room. That it's all this room entails. Just watching this man. He's on equity minimum for that. <laughs> yeah, he must be. <laughs> that's amazing. What a job. So I got to the other side and uh, the girl I was on a date with, I was I still hadn't arrived through like her room that she'd been through. Oh, you else. don't mean to the date? No. <laughs> you hadn't been milkmaided. No. <laughs> <laughs> right neck deck they call me so, so you were the only person in the dancing room yeah it was just me oh. um, and that's then I, weird that she thought that would be a good a fitting punishment for someone she didn't like yeah. just watch this man well, the other rooms, embarrass himself the other room sounded infinitely scarier because there were about there were sort of oh, hooded really? monks apparently lying down the wall mm. and if you walked past some of them they'd try to like jump out at you like in Raven so I just heard her scream and then kind of come rushing through the door with her eyes covered uh-huh. I was like was that you yeah just one of them grabbed me i didn't know what to do i was like what they literally said at the start that no one's going to touch you so oh sue them so but no no but 
I was saying, because she didn't get grabbed, just oh, leered at. And I was like, well, no, one's, no one was actually going to touch you because they told us that at the start. <laughs> so yeah. there was no no tension in that room either. <laughs> Imagine, do you reckon if I tried to dance with that bloke, he'd have had to come out of character and refuse because he's not allowed yeah, to touch anyone? Yeah, he'd have to like, subdue you with <laughs> a taser. And then the last room was just pitch black and people kind of moved around you. Ooh. And then, it's like being out at night. Yeah, and then and then, and then a door opened, and you were just back outside. TK well, she Max. didn't find red. No, not really. What an unsatisfying narrative. Oh no, she we no, you did come across her, but then it turns did. out she was all right or something. I think. Oh, she was, didn't give a fuck about <laughs> no, any of it. She was just in this room with with the big bad wolf <laughs> having tea. Yeah. Wow. But I, I like stuff like that, and I've I've thought we should go to the Canterbury oh, Tales yes. place. Yes, let's do that because it's not like that but it is also it does tread that line between hilarious and dreadful and all those places smell of some kind of mixture of damp and like haze yeah they all have a very specific smell like hex at alton towers probably where they've all um they've all overused the smoke machine like the dry ice for too long the walls are just infested with it horrid look okay we've uh danced around the topic for too long we've avoided a question that we've both agreed is going to get us in trouble no matter how we answer it yeah so let's jump right back to the not proust questionnaire we left off on question 14 there are 35 in total uh let's just see how many we get through today um and i'm going to throw this one over to you first <laughs> oh, wow, thanks question 15 what or who or who <laughs> is the greatest love of your life or or who it can be a person if you want to just get something off your chest what or who is the greatest love of your life declan don't let us down now we did come to something of an arrangement <laughs> did we before this episode right um that it would be uh it would be uninteresting and obvious to answer who that's true. That uh, obviously the the greatest loves of our life in terms of in terms of people. Um, Sometimes is very. Oh, what don't <laughs> Don DeLillo? <laughs> um, is is obvious. Uh, so there's no point uh, addressing yeah. that. It's more interesting you know, to address. You know the, who you yeah, are. you you go. It's you. you go, it's guys. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gals. Don't don't make it plural. No. Oh, you yeah. So yeah, we, it's fun. So we're going to go with what? So greatest love of my life. Yeah. Um, why don't? Well, this sounds like a really wanky hipstery thing to say, which is uh, I don't really like things, <laughs> <laughs> material things. Well, who's going to say like a tennis ball? Like, what's it going to be? That's a thing. I don't know, but some people might be like, it's this wonderful old it's necklace that I've got. <laughs> my phone. Ghosts come out of. Um. So I'm going to say that my greatest love is a pointless conflict (laughs) (laughs) okay i fucking adore debate about nothing Mm -hmm. because i love pushing to see how annoyed people can get about how insignificant a topic (laughs) that i can bring up like I'm, I'm already excited because I went out um, for a drink with uh, my friend Mark yesterday, and he, colleague and friend, colleague Mark. and friend Mark. That's him. And uh, and he was saying that 
one of our uh, bosses, the head receptionist, um, is on a kind of tirade at the moment about people not having rolled up sleeves. Apparently, it's making the place right. look untidy. And so, oh, yeah. uh, so that mobile untidiness yeah. that's attached to the forearm. <laughs> so, so uh, everyone's got to have their sleeves rolled down. And I simply refuse. And I'm already excited about having this <laughs> argument with, with her tomorrow. Like, I cannot wait. I do. I'm always jealous of people who get into arguments about stuff like that because it's it seems to be you have to be in like an office environment for these things to really yeah happen because it's the it, it is the ultimate base of of pettiness and of miniature um in in the grand scheme of things insignificant power it's that kind of dinner lady yeah. power that, that we've spoken yeah. about before that as soon as you have the smallest grasp of authority that you try to milk it for everything it's worth and it suddenly becomes very important to you but becomes less important to everyone else <laughs> yeah. apparently she uh, she came in to uh, to work the other day and was just moaning that nobody listens to to her or to what she says Weird. and uh, and mark was like well, what you're saying is nonsense. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the, you, you, she's I found like, one she, she was like, she was like you, you don't listen to me. You've still got your sleeves rolled up. It's like, it's the hottest day of the year. And this reception <laughs> is a greenhouse. I'm not having my sleeves rolled down. <laughs> that's oh, just dear. like that. It's she, such a boring thing to care about. I know. And that's why it's great because they really, really yeah. will care about it. It's like, and you can really like, having, push a lot of buttons. Yeah. Like, and having, the argument before about ashtrays, right? That no, no. So one of my jobs is to clear the ashtrays in the courtyard, right? Overnight. So I do that. With your sleeves rolled. Yeah. <laughs> so I do that, and then replace them. But then between me leaving at half seven, and you know the managers coming in at nine, lo and yeah. behold, people have used them. And then they complain that I'm not cleaning the ashtrays. <laughs> right? What they've forgotten there is the concept of time elapsing. So, like, my, I, they, one of my bosses was trying to tell me about this. And I had to, A, explain to them that people will use the ashtray. B, that it's called an ashtray because it's a tray for ash. <laughs> <laughs> not a tray for emptiness. No. And, it's not called our empty clean tray. And, and C, that unless you want to hire someone to constantly be ready to go and wipe away to to pretty much catch the ash off of the cigarette and throw it into the bin there's always going to be ash in them and if you do want to hire someone to do that the tray itself can go (laughs) because it's not (laughs) so it's become redundant it's very much the middleman yeah between bin and cigarette and it just took such an extraordinarily long time to explain that yeah. this is the case people are ashamed aren't they what about that thing that we've not talked about we could have brought up in the last episode about bullshit jobs it was this thing i read that's got a name that i can't remember so good start <laughs> about how in corporate culture um what's like incompetence is endemic because the way people are promoted is that if you're doing well at your job you get promoted up. If you're doing well, you get promoted up. And the point in which you're promoted no further is the point at which you've stopped outperforming your position. So the theory holds that everyone, given enough time at a company and given enough of a hierarchy, ends up in their least competent, worst performing position. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why everyone is a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's like the high jumps, isn't it? Like you, you keep, <laughs> as long as you're succeeding... Yeah. 
then you get the bar raised. But then when you reach a point where you can't jump over the bar anymore, you're just out. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you're not good enough. Except this time you're not out. You're just a <laughs> yeah. fucking middle management dickhead <laughs> ordering people to stop looking out of the window is something I read about recently. There's a company that was like, we're losing a lot of time. You're, what's the phrase? Time theft. Oh, yeah. one of the... If Karl Marx were alive now, he would personally eat the esophagus of anyone who uttered <laughs> a phrase as morally bankrupt and bereft of content as time theft. Well, but yeah, apparently it was time theft that they were looking out the window of a giant glass office block. <laughs> it's like, did you see the uh, the story that the um, the eclipse in America was going to cost about $700 billion yeah, in, in time? And they're like, it's the fucking sun. It's literally <laughs> the whole universe lining up for once in your lifetime. And they're worried, that, the they're worried that people aren't going to like be typing out bullshit emails for that 10 minutes like fucking get it's over mad, yourself or yeah. what about the uh, the woman who tried to rearrange the sun that was one of the best things i've ever <laughs> yeah. seen that <laughs> who, was so uh, good. Uh, there was like a, a screenshot that went viral of a uh a facebook event for um getting together Just to watch the eclipse like it, yeah. and it was on a monday and some woman commented saying oh most kids uh are back at school that day. Um, is there any it way... It was we- really prissy. The yeah. tone was like, and, well, I think if you put any thought into yeah. this... Like that any way we could do it Sunday instead. <laughs> so <Someone> just <laughs> someone just replying, going, did this lady just try to reschedule the sun? <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing idiot. Oh, dear. People are ashamed. I, so yours is petty conflict. Yeah, I was going to say a last thing on the, the time theft issue is that mm-hmm. it, it is, you're right, a uh, an absolutely horrid an abhorrent phrase mm. that is everything wrong with corporate culture, but it does exist perhaps in a, in a more sinister sense in that I used to <clears throat> work at a theme park and the clocking in clocking out system for it was that you used um, <laughs> two fingers on like a, a scanner. Mm-hmm. So you'd swipe your card and then you'd use your fingerprints and you would scan in and out. And um, they started to realize that they were paying out more wages than they were employing people to work for uh-huh. so they uh, and they realized that most of this was coming from the rides department <clears throat> which is where i worked and so they launched a, a, an investigation into time theft i love the verb launch uh, yeah when it comes to something that's clearly just one man stood up from his desk <laughs> what, one had a look one, around one man one man on excel <laughs> <laughs> and they discovered a few people who were sort of repeat offenders of either mm-hmm. like not clocking out for their breaks and stuff or or coming in a bit early and clocking in but then they found yeah. one girl who was the absolute hero of the park after this who had managed to steal about 15 grand's worth of time oh my god wow at, at, and that's at 750 an hour yeah <laughs> um, because she was just she was just coming in on her days off clocking in in the morning spending all day in in south end then coming in at night, clocking out <laughs> and going home pretty much oh, wow. every day of the That's year. She'd just be like, oh, I was, for it. I was just coming down to, uh, yeah, apparently so. I think they kind of like tried to take her to court over it. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, That's, yeah. That, well, two sides to every time. Yeah, theft. exactly. But staring out the window, but, it's not <laughs> time theft. Because the whole yeah, idea. Another of, one was um, no, someone said that was too many, like a friend of mine 
who is now doing management consultant. So I'll say an ex-friend to be more <laughs> um, management consultancy rather. His He went into a business and his only recommendation was that they, instead of getting napkins that could unfold, just got ones that were like single ply because employees were taking too long at lunch, unfolding and refolding their napkins. And that was like, well, that's your job done. Here's your 50 grand a year. Imagine it's madness. A, 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 a suggestion being less correct. I know. Trivial, Imagine looking it? at a group of people taking their lunch and going, the real thing that's, <laughs> the real thing that's delaying this is this unfolding and folding nonsense. The logical conclusion of that is to just like feed people through a tube as well, <laughs> like at their desk. So such a slippery slope. You just end up with the matrix. Yeah. That's where we're going, guys. You heard it here first. Um, I don't know what the greatest love of my life is in a what sense. It's probably just, it's a bit broad to just say music, but there are just those like transcendental moments when you're listening to something and it just gets you, you know? Mm. You all know what I mean. Um, number 16. When and where were you happiest? Oh, that's difficult too. That is difficult. I'm less good, I've noticed, at the ones that are, like, positive. Yeah. Rather than inherent, <laughs> I, like, intensely self-critical. Very quick to yeah. jump on the, what do you hate the most? I had too many answers for who do I you know. despise. I feel like narrow it down. I had to, hold, I had to edit out three <laughs> hours of you just spitting and frothing names. I like that we, uh, when it was uh, who do you most despise, it wasn't boring to do who, but when it was love, <laughs> it was. <laughs> wow. Anyway, it says a lot. It's um, in our remit, though. When and where, not all. Yeah. So when and where was I happiest? That, that is implies hard. very much that it's an event rather than a psychological thing, though. Yeah. Because what if it was just like when I woke up and I'd had a great day? You woke up and you'd <laughs> I mean, already had a great day because you've been asleep <laughs> through it. No, I dreamt a great day. What about those times when you dream an entire day and then you wake up and just have to live it again? Doesn't that just make you want to jump off a cliff? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the dream's like notably worse or better than the day. Or itself. boring, just monotonous. Yeah. Just I am. Um, I think I've got two. One's quite nice and one's, uh, <laughs> one's more uh, petty. Okay. But I think the nice one was uh, do you remember after you did Alan and Bennett at the Camden Fringe? Yeah. And then was a while ago. there was just a, yeah, it was like two years ago, but there was like a group of us and we just, it was a really nice day and it was a nice kind of mix of people. There was you and me, there was Matt, Danj was there. Oh, yeah. I think Joe was there. Joe McKenzie was there. And like, we just, everyone, like obviously Toby was there as well. Yeah. And uh, we just had a drink and then we all got the tube to five guys and we had a, a meal and then we all just went for a nice little walk along the south bank stopped at the a couple of bars and had a drink it was just a really nice day yeah it was it was very peaceful and it was uh, what i enjoyed i think most about it was that it was one of few times where everyone just sort of got on with the day and there wasn't this bullshit back and forth about oh but we could go here and i'd quite like to go there and oh but maybe if we maybe if we went to maybe if we went to like camden the the stars all aligned yeah Everyone just in went terms of like, here, yeah. yeah, let's go, let's have a walk. Equally, though, I think maybe the happiest that I've been was when I was staying at yours and we watched the Oscars 
and La La Land didn't win Best Picture. <laughs> I've, I've never cannot. seen the the transition between when it was announced because I think the I had a setup where like we were streaming it on one screen and I had like Twitter on another yeah. screen. And so I'd seen in advance that La La Land had been called because there was a delay on our stream. Yeah. And I just turned to Declan and was like, you're not, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> and his face, like, just fury, a mask of sheer hatred that you could, like, yep. carve and create a warrior race out of. I, I love Faye Dunaway, but I wanted to spit at her <laughs> for ever having announced that this was Damn. the case. I hated everyone's happy faces. I hated how celebratory and wanky they were. I hated the fact that if it had one best picture, everyone wouldn't have fucking shut up about it for so long, Given even though it was a piece of unmitigated, reprehensible drivel. <laughs> oh, I don't mind. Like but then... Oh, the sweet, sweet justice of them <laughs> having to announce themselves that they oh, hadn't producer who was really won. Like bitchy about it as well. Because no, because there, there was the guy who was kind of all right about it. Like he was clearly pissed off, but he was uh, he was very uh, deferential to Moonlight. He called them up, mm. but then there was just that one guy who just leant into the mic and went, "We lost, by the way." <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah. "Well, well, we lost, by the way." Just, just everyone go and home. Then just walked away. <laughs> And then to see the Moonlight crowd absolutely elated kind of pile onto the stage. Oh, my God. It was such a beautiful moment. It was everything. It was more than I could have asked for. It was so, so much better than them just losing. To have it and then fucking lose it. Oh, I... It was an incredible bit of emotional choreography. Honestly, I cannot remember being as elated. I think we went for a celebratory McDonald's. (laughs) At about six hours. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. That's a good one. Um, I don't have a good answer to this either because it's just, I don't really feel like happiness is based on when and where. It's more just, it's little moments. Like I said about when you wake up and you don't have to get up for another few hours. Little things like that. But maybe Disney World, like walking around the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Disney World, by myself with just headphones in and watching the sheer madness that is a faux idealized 50s existence that never was set amidst like the sprawling landscape of florida and people from like all over the world just doing mad things Mm. um yeah there's something odd about that that i enjoy otherwise it would just be like i don't know seeing sweeney todd with Bryn Turfle singing. All <laughs> oh, that was songs. amazing. He won't be back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't, Bryn. <laughs> no, he won't. Um, number 17. Which talent would you most like to have? Hmm. I think this is quite an easy one for me, which is that I would like to be able to play the piano. Okay. Why the piano specifically? I just have always really enjoyed it. And I think that there's mm. something um, versatile enough about it. And I think that there just looks to be something aesthetically pleasing about playing the piano that I don't necessarily get from looking at. You don't get it from a, a harmonica? No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I am woefully, woefully untalented uh, musically. And it's always been practice, a, though. It's always been a, a shame that I, I haven't been able to. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that that would be uh, that would be it. I think it's all that's missing, really, from my repertoire, <laughs> <laughs> from the package. Mm. Yes, I don't know what mine would be. Maybe it would be being like really good at the piano rather than just okay. Or maybe it would be like I, I struggle with language learning as a concept because, on the one hand, I really like the idea of being able to speak 
multiple languages. But on the other hand, I feel like we're just edging ever closer to the point at which that's going to be so entirely redundant as a concept with like artificial intelligence translation. The fact that you can like get a little Google app and point it at a sign in pretty much any major language and it will translate it instantly just feels like that would be devoting a lot of time to something that I don't care about that much. And also the problem is that even if you do learn another language, there's still idiots that you'd have to talk to in it. And there's, there's still more that you haven't learned as well. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things like, have you ever done that thing where you get a new phone or a new computer? It's especially true of like an iPhone upgrade or any kind of like a new Mac or a new PC or whatever. And you're really like happy with it. It's like, oh, this is great. And then you boot it up and you're like, well, it is still just an iPhone. Like (laughs) it still basically does all the same things. I feel like if you spent years learning Italian or something, you'd be like, well, all I'm doing is still communicating the same thoughts, like the same at the end of the day, it's still my brain that's having to like create the impetus for any of this discussion. So I'm just having the same conversations in a different language. And yeah, so I don't know. I don't know about that. I go back and forth on it pretty much depending on how recently I've been in another country. Cause when I'm there, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll learn a bit of this. But when I'm gone, I'm like, nah, fuck it. Um, question, 18 which is quite close to question 17 yeah if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be Ooh. i guess it doesn't have to be close because it could be like i'd wish i was chinese do you is it mm, no not really wouldn't mind but i don't really um i don't know uh if i had to change just the one thing that's what makes it difficult in all of these <clears throat> mm-hmm. um see I have kind of two different answers to this because there, you know, I, there are things I could change. I could say that I'd like to change anyway, but there are also things I'd like to change just to see. Okay. Like <laughs> I wonder, I wonder. Can we bend this question to be like, I wish I was able to go invisible or fly <laughs> or stop time. Or something. No, but like, I, Why? I wish that I, I wish that I could experience what it would have been like to grow up not being ginger just to see how different my life would have turned out, if at all. Because part of me... You'd be president of the movie. Because right part of me thinks that I might have been more successful, but part of me thinks that I might also never have learned to defend myself. So yeah, I don't know. I, there, there's something like that, which I think would be quite interesting in that kind of uh, sliding doors alternate timeline sort of change. Yeah. But beyond that, Wish my voice was slightly less nasal. <laughs> there we go. You could probably fix that with like, I don't know. I, I, I promise kind of... you now that every single doctor in the world has looked at my nose to find out what on earth every the fuck doctor. is wrong with it. And none, wow. none of them has come up with even the slightest hint of an answer. Oh, it's no. just, a, it's part of it's just an evolutionary thing. catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> You're the opposite of the missing link. Yeah. Creationists use you to prove that, well, this man's clearly against God and that's why this has happened. What about yourself? Well, you definitely say it can't just be like a superpower. I don't get why that's the case. What about if I said like, I want titanium bones or something like (laughs) that? That is a superpower. That's literally... It's not really. almost literally I don't think I'm to lift my own legs. Werewolves. (laughs) I just called him (laughs) werewolves. (laughs) 
My favourite X-Men was Wolfman. He's one of the B-Men. Werewolfman. Wolverwolf. <laughs> Sharp Man. Uh-oh, look out, Professor Wyatt's claw hands. Here comes Metal Bones. <laughs> but isn't his actual power is that he can heal. Yeah. The, the skeleton stuff's just a someone, bonus. Someone, something Brian Cox shoved in him. <laughs> uh, that's gross it's a crime Brian Cox would be a really good villain in something wouldn't he what like he's, he's in X2 oh I thought you meant Brian Cox what the, 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 the off, of, the, off of the stars yeah. if you gaze at the stars and if you shove this in Wolverine's there's something bones, when, when you look at the sky it's just amazing to see this much bone in one man <laughs> what could he do if given the power of metal bones you know, it's like the whole universe has come together in his claws. <laughs> Horrid. Okay, no, we met different Brian Coxes. I didn't remember him being X Men. Yeah, he was in X Two. Who is he? he? Plays. Is his name Striker? I think. Fuck knows. Oh, he's just like a military. Yeah, he's like the person who's in charge of being like of all X Men, making fuck werewolf bone man. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> um, change one thing about yourself. What would it be? Uh... I'm more inclined to go for the small changes that you said and just, just like analyze the difference it would make. But that does require going back in time as well. And yeah. you've been firm on me not being allowed to do that. <laughs> but I would just like to see what it'd be like if you had like, how different would your life be if your eyes were a different color or something? How different would your life be if you, every time you opened your mouth, you had like one huge tooth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I want that because I don't. I am a human being. <laughs> I guess that's how different. I guess. What's how his different name? would you would John your merit hurt has already explained? How, how different would your life be if you were the elephant man? <laughs> the elephant man. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's what it would be. I'd be the elephant man. Uh, number nineteen. <laughs> What do you consider your greatest achievement? Oh, this is uh, th- this is another difficult. This one. is a difficult one. I'm really bad at rating my own life in terms of what other people find to be interesting or good. I'm also like I don't, I don't. I'm cautious of answering a way that depresses me. <laughs> like, like if, <laughs> if, if, like if it was something, a whole portion of like if, it was, if it was something from when I was 13 to think that I hadn't mm. done anything better since. <laughs> In, well, I tell you what. One that came to my mind recently was when um, uh, my girlfriend and I. This was pre Ghost Walk, actually, before the Ghost Walk. We went right. for dinner at a really horrible pub in Edinburgh that looked like it'd be nicer than it was. There was a nice pub in Edinburgh called the Advocate, which we went to a few times because they did like two meals for a tenner. That's great. Last year, I think oh. I went there with like our friend Freddie and stuff. But this year, that was full, so we went to the Tron opposite, which is a. Uh, Really, it's just a venue and like a nightclub that pretends to be the most depressing pub set from like a sitcom you never want to see. But they had this offer of like getting loads of small plates for a tenner. And I had an immediate flashback to our post uh, radio show Courtyard Bonanzas, in which I consider it an immense achievement to be able to sit down, order 8,000 plates of food from the courtyard and just systematically devour <laughs> an afternoon of sheer hedonistic debauchery. 
That's a good achievement. That is. I think that what was even better about it is that we were undeterred by the fact that there were about six people at the table and we were the only two eating, but we had about eight plates between us. <laughs> like, oh, are you guys staying? Because we're going to be three, four hours. It's like a, there's a, a great uh, Friends episode where they're supposed to be meeting for Phoebe's birthday at the restaurant and they mm-hmm. can't order until everyone's there. And so Joey's just getting hungrier and hungrier. And then they all order, but then they also all leave before the food comes. And it's just Joey there. <laughs> and in the oh, yeah. post-credits bit, they bring out all the meals and just put them in front of him. And he, uh, he just like unfurls a napkin and tucks it into his, uh, into his t-shirt. He just goes, you boys are about to see something real special. <laughs> <laughs> Think how much time you would have saved with a single ply napkin. I know. It would have been on dessert. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have had time to go and look at the things. eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> an absolute puzzle um, so yeah I'm thinking more in those veins than like anything actually good I think uh, I, I think it would be remiss of me to say anything other than my dissertation oh yeah we've never never really told that story well I guess there's not that much story to no, tell no that's the kind of the point <laughs> yeah but I wrote it in 23 hours and that's like the culmination of your university time. Yeah, that was 60% of my year. People were so annoyed by this. It was really little English It was really funny. Again, it was kind of that petty conflict thing that I love. But yeah. I, I because I remember that I rocked up to the what was called the FR Levis room, which is where we were like myself, Dan, our friend Zoe and Tom, where we were kind of meeting to finish our dissertations. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Why is there not the library? Um, because the library is full. It was dissertation oh, season. Um, so we were uh, we were in this room and Tom asked me how much I'd actually done because, oh, no, I hadn't done very much. And I just mm-hmm. showed him a blank Word document <laughs> into which I copied and pasted the title that I'd hastily come up with. And oh. that was all that I had. The only, Did you have a panic attack? He, he was absolutely devastated for me he was in <laughs> he he looked like he might cry but also laugh oh. in a kind of yeah you'll 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 get your comeuppance kind of oh, way fuck. but he took yeah. a picture of it and posted it onto the uh the facebook group that we had for this and people went mental they started hashtag pray for declan people but there was also very much i found even then even in the the glory days yeah the glory day there was um a tone of like oh He's, I mean, he's fucked. Like he's, it was very much a kind of, uh, finally, like you say, like he's, he's got what's coming to him. Yeah. There was, there was, people like, this is funny and all, but he's, yeah, there was a mix because there, there were some people who genuinely were, uh, were just offering their help, which was very much appreciated. Um, yeah. A couple of people brought me, um, like Red Bull, which was (laughs) desperately needed. Like a little offer. Yeah. Some people brought me, um, uh coke yeah <laughs> no um Adam. bindings for the for the dissertation because you have to hand it in bound for oh, reasons that no one can understand so they brought me those no which reason. saved me uh valuable minutes single planet but yeah underneath that there was uh there was that feeling of here comes the comeuppance yeah. uh you know you've skived off all of your <laughs> all all of, of your course. course you haven't been to anything for a whole three yeah. years you know, you do all your essays on the last night. This is, uh, this is it. And I just... And it's finally caught up. And all I'd done was, um, was I'd, I'd made a list in December of, um, 
essays that might be relevant mm. because I was forced to go to see my um, dissertation tutor. <laughs> he like emailed me go, going, for the love of Christ, <laughs> come and see me. <laughs> like, just so that I can tick. I know we haven't seen much just, of each other. Just so I can tick this form and say to the department <laughs> that I've seen you. So I went along and we made a kind of, we had a discussion. He suggested I make some changes to my central thesis. I agreed. But then as soon as I started writing, went back to the original one. <laughs> and uh-huh. um, I just opened all of those up and I, I just started reading. Because it's all like it's just all about knowing where you're getting to. The writing bit is, as we've spoken about before, with like the the bullshit copywriting, copywriting is the is the easiest thing in the world. Certainly, yeah. like for us, the actual process of the writing is really easy. It's just about knowing where you're where you're getting to. And yeah. so, I don't think I wrote anything for the first six seven hours. I just read and made <laughs> notes and kind of planned. Because how many words is it total? Uh, it's eight thousand. Oh, it's not too bad, is and it? And you're allowed ten percent either side. Yeah. Did you make use of that and do seven point two? Very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I and I just powered through and I just wrote this thing in, in pretty much in, in one long stream. Or I think I wrote it in two halves. I wrote the first half and then I thought and sat and tried to wake myself up and drank nine yeah. cans of Red Bull <laughs> and then went went back and, and did the, the second half. And around me, it would have made a really great time-lapse. And actually, Tom started to film me because he was going to do a time-lapse of me writing it. But yeah. then we all kind of moved rooms uh, throughout the night to try to stay awake. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, 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 there were just people leaving around me, people packing up and finishing and going and handing in. <laughs> And I remember very clearly that I saved the final version at 1547 mm-hmm. and it was due in at 1600. <laughs> so I sa- saved Just it, saved it, sent it to the printer, went down there, it printed off one copy and halfway through the second ran out of paper. Of course. And I looked around, there was like all of the paper had been used, all the trays were empty. Mm-hmm. All there was was a a pile of kind of poorly printed pages on a desk, like where they had just been running out of ink or something yeah. or when people are putting a new cartridge. And I just picked up a, a sheaf of these, aligned it, turned it upside down, put it in the printer and closed the drawer. So the second half of one of my dissertation copies <laughs> was printed on the back of someone else's dissertation. <laughs> I hastily nice. slid it into these little binders and went and handed it in with one minute to go <laughs> to the, to the derision of the ladies of the uh, English department office. Yeah. And then we just had the long wait because I, I'd reached a point where I knew that all I had to do was pass it. I had to get 40. Which is what? 40. Yeah. yeah. Um, in order to get a two one overall, mm-hmm. and so we had the the long wait for week ten when the results came out, and I remember waking up to uh, messages from the group chat being like, "Oh, dissertation scores are out. You know, I got this. I got this. Like, finally, you know, I did this. I've managed to get that." And obviously, with your mm-hmm. with your dissertation score, you could work out your overall degree score. And yeah. uh, and I was like, "Oh, everyone's hey, good. you know, how how did you do? You know, what what's gone on?" And uh, I was like, oh, I'm just in bed. I've got to go to campus and get the results still. Like, no, 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 you can get it online. 
So I went on to the little system. What on the fuck was that called? E something? E? E Harmony. No, yeah. I went on to E Harmony and I just asked if anyone knew what I'd, how I'd done. I tried to find my tutor. Words on the street. Whatever it was called. Um, so I went oh, E-Vision. Cool. I wish I could remember. Oh yeah, yeah E-Vision. Yeah. So I went on to E-Vision and uh, opened it up and I scrolled down and I saw 40. It was like dissertation 40. And I was like, oh. Whew, skid of the teeth, got it in there, got my 2-1. Um, yeah. But then I, I scrolled a, a bit more, and it turned out that 40 was the number of credits <laughs> that it was worth, and my actual oh, score was 85, <laughs> which, <laughs> which was so the most absurdly high score. <laughs> is, that the, is that the highest score you got for any bit of work? Yeah. In university? Yeah, by, yeah. by a long way. Um, yeah. And... It it was a it was a disgustingly high score either way, and I was just certain that it was wrong. Like I told everyone in the group, in like my small little group chat of friends, and they were like, "That is revolting. <laughs> Stop that!" And I was like, "It must be wrong. But it must be incorrect. Uh, it must be fifty eight, and they've just got it wrong." So I got dressed and I went to campus and I collected it. And no, it had there there in pen eighty five written on the front. The only criticism they had was that my title was a bit wordy. <laughs> was the only, wow. like, drawback. But... Sorry about that, but if it had been less wordy, I would not have reached the word count. It was 90% it of my... been 20 words long. So I... Uh, <laughs> but I, I did the, the maths and worked out that by one mark, I had then pushed my whole degree score into getting a first. <laughs> That's and so funny. Everyone went mental. <laughs> People were not pleased. Dan... I, got, I didn't post it. I didn't say anything. No, exactly. I knew. It wasn't you, was it? Dan yeah. asked me if he could post it on the group. And I was like, they yeah. will lynch Crucify me. Crucify both of you. And, uh, and so he, he posted it anyway. <laughs> of course. And some people took it in very like, like that is just mental, like amazing, like well done. I don't know how you did it, spirit. Some people were such little cunts about it. I think there was a- just like, I really don't think you should be, some of us worked really hard on this and I haven't done as well as we hoped. <laughs> well, that's well, not my here's fault. Here's the key. Don't hope that you do well. Write a better essay. <laughs> I got so annoyed with someone that I had to. Try and translate some of that effort into score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got so like, I wasn't even heated. It was just really passive aggressive and I was a bit drunk. I was just being a dick to this person that the next day I had to add them and be like, look, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I remember you doing <laughs> and that. I'm still, I'm still friends with this person on Facebook. And that's the only and, interaction uh, you've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Literally never met them in my life. Just, uh, they were slagging you off and I was like, right, I'm not having, that. I think the most liked comment was, on it was just someone who just commented saying, fuck off. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> had like a hundred likes or something stupid. Yeah. But oh, it was, dear. it was so, it was so wonderful to just know that this had happened. Yeah. That it's just the perfect like end <laughs> to a story. The whole thrust of which was: I have the feeling, but no evidence just yet, that university is just as much bullshit as every other stage of education yep. in my life. <laughs> Can we get any evidence for that? Oh, oh there we Declan go. <laughs> with the latest, <laughs> what's the story? <laughs> I'm here live at the English department, <laughs> laughing my fucking ass off. I just got a first for vomiting out a synthesized eight thousand title words. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, so I mean that's. A good I one. think that that would have to be. Yeah, 
I think that's a yeah. How what better? Like, I don't, do you think you've peaked? Oh though? yeah, definitely. I will never do anything because it's not like you say. It's not just the achievement itself. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy with that, and I was pretty proud with it. And I, I found yeah. it um, recently. I found like my my returned copy of it recently, and oh. I, I kind of and I read through. And besides the somewhat jargon filled and jumbled phrasing at some point, where you, you can tell when it got to about six in the morning again, out. and I've been there for thirteen hours. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I was pretty happy with it. I like, I still agreed with everything that I said, not necessarily how I yeah. put it across, but I still agreed with it. But it's, it's like you say, it's the, uh, it's the f- wider effect, the wider fury that it caused to people who, yeah, it's a symbolic to people country. who had been so incredibly smug when I had, yes. when I was writing it. And not just then, just throughout. Like, yeah. I stopped going to stuff because I couldn't stand talking to people about the course yeah because people would be like if i was hadn't done an essay like there's only so many times you can say well i haven't done it yet i'm going to do it tonight people are like the response is either this kind of smug pity or just like sheer anger when you do quite well yeah it's like well i don't need either of those so here's the thing i'm going to stay in bed (laughs) and then go to the pub later it's just amazing that people people's uh insecurity i suppose um comes to the fore in that way that they blame you for doing better than they did. <laughs> As if like, that's how the boundaries work. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, that uh, it shouldn't at all be based on talent, but more the hours you put in. It's just not, yeah, it's the not same as scoring we last week about my least favorite virtue, whatever, whenever we said that about like people who think work hard is better than work. Well, smart, yeah. Or like good work rather than, just work in itself mm. just because you spend a hundred hours on something doesn't mean it deserves to be good you should have spent those hundred hours making it good because we've seen some barn just... shows that people have worked on Ooh. for months Intense. <laughs> yeah let me tell you the quality was uh, not all there on the stage and then there was our uh, incredible performance of sweeney todd that we did oh yeah which we didn't officially rehearse for even once <laughs> we just did lots of drunken <laughs> walks into town singing it just remembering the harmony of one bit that's quite difficult yeah that was that was it yeah. remembering which one of us was supposed to bomb bomb and which one was supposed to whistle <laughs> <laughs> and i had to find a letter opener at the last minute to give to someone to use as a razor oh yeah <laughs> poor boy oh dear exactly see this is the thing um Yes, okay. Well, I can't top that greatest achievement. I've got one brief one. Go on. You know those riddle websites? Oh, yeah. No, I, I think... Like amnesia.com, yeah. for example. If anyone hasn't done that and you have even the slightest interest in riddles and like... It's not... I was going to say a quiz. It's nothing like a quiz. It's the opposite of that. It's just a really Puzzle good, solving. interesting it's riddle. fantastic. And one summer when I was like 15, I was staying at my dad's on Isla. He lived then on Isla in Scotland. And uh, I was helping him out. He was running a restaurant. And so I'd work there for a bit. And then when I got bored, I'd just go and sit down and go on this like website that I found. And I was the first person in the world to finish it. And that's like, that's, that's an amazing achievement, especially on the there internet. Were, there were like, yeah, I know. There were thousands of people doing it in all these groups. And my name is still top of the leaderboard under some weird pseudonym that I gave myself. <laughs> uh, I, so yeah, I, it is. Amazing. I think puzzle solving, especially, is um, is something that you do feel really proud of. I remember. Yeah, I remember. It's a great achievement. I remember that you sat me down to do that one evening and at yours. Yeah, 
and we went through. Yeah. And I remember that there, there being one that I was sat there stuck on for ages. Um, spoiler coming up, but it was the one with the mm-hmm. uh, where there was the weird conversation and cartoon going on, but there was the horn blaring in the background. Yeah, the- where it's like I'm, I've heard that level so many times. That, like, I know exactly what he says. It's this high pitched voice saying, "Get out of the way, boy." Beep, beep. I know you're a good dog. It's just this yeah. weird, like, guy in a car with a dog in front of him. But the, that's a good aha moment. But yeah, the clue being, as I say, spoiler, that it it's Morse code, the uh, the yeah. horn in the background was just and you can ignore everything. Yeah, it was just it's just a, an absolute eureka moment. Where yeah, I, it's the closest that we'll ever get to being Alan like, Turing crime. <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> Solving that crime that was the <laughs> that was Nazism, that big war crime. <laughs> I loved it when Alan fixed all that. Um, okay, let's leave with question twenty because that seems sounds, like a good place to, good, to yeah. end. If you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, who or what would it be? Hmm. Now I've got some technical questions. I think that we can you come back as a living person? Some, like, are you just going to take over someone's body? Yeah, I body? think that that's, Cause that I think sounds, that's the idea, yeah. Well, that sounds very immoral. You'd probably only want to do that to someone you didn't like. Because surely the reason you like a person is their their person. Like, you don't just want to pilot their corpse around. Like being John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all right. Well, what, what would you prefer that the boundaries be then? Well, no, I'm happy with it being a person. Maybe you can... Can you bring back a dead person? Like, could I come back as Dickens? And then he's just alive again. But he'd look like a horrible skelly corpse. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's a weird question, isn't it? Because I, like, I, I was thinking of saying you could, you could do it that um, you come back, but you just live their life, like from when they mm. were born to when they died. But then you're just literally watching um, and a, yeah, and a lot of their much. life was probably just shit. <laughs> that was really boring. <laughs> like you don't want to watch your heroes when they're like having a bad day and just like going to the bathroom and crying. No, they're certainly not from their own perspective. Mm. Horrid. So I, I should we do know. it as because it was it personal thing? Yeah, <laughs> I assume they mean therefore like animal. Not <laughs> I want to come back as a ashtray. No, <laughs> I think I think they do mean that. Like, it, it would be like, you know, when people really like a bar and they're like, if I could die, I'd come back as as this, like, karaoke machine in the bar. Maybe you don't know when that happens because I don't think it ever happens. <laughs> but, but people are like, oh, these walls, the things they've seen. Like, if you could be a fly on the wall or like a Well, you're going to be a taster anyway, so it just doesn't matter. <laughs> not going to do that. Um, oh, yeah, this is a good opportunity for me to come back as a some kind of machine. Yeah. Well done, well pointed out. Can I come back as like, I don't know, maybe a satellite or something? You want to come back as a satellite? Voyager 1? Oh yeah, or just, like Curiosity just, on Mars. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? I like that. That sounds quite interesting. It's a bit lonely. It sings happy birthday to itself, doesn't it? Every year. I've heard that, but I've also heard that it doesn't, so I don't know who to well, believe if, anymore. if it does, it's dreadfully it's sad. Tragic. If it doesn't, that's even sadder. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even get itself. Because <laughs> no one's singing <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, um, it's so sweet that little robot. Hmm. Yeah, this is a, a weird one. I think the last. I think this whole episode's worth of questions have been a bit weird. I think that if I had to come back as, if I had to come back as an object, as a thing, mm-hmm. would it be the mad old lady? Of <laughs> It'd be Ryan <laughs> <laughs> Um 
I think that I would like to come back as uh, as the shuffle mechanic for someone's Spotify. <laughs> There's all manner of havoc. Exactly. That played with you, that you know, you, you get to you get to DJ. I, I, yeah. you know, I'd make it someone who had decent taste as well. Surely, I assume you can listen like you're not just <laughs> silently there, silently unaware. Yeah, you can listen to yeah. the music as well. Um, or you know, if you if you're feeling in the mood. If they've been throwing their phone around a bit, you're a bit uncomfortable. You could just yeah. uh, you could just fuck up. You could just play the playlist in order, in exact order. Yeah, or just the same song eighty five yeah. times in a row. That's good. You could come back as like a traffic light. That would also yeah. I was thinking. I, I, my first thought was router. Like come back as someone's internet mm. and just fuck with them. <laughs> just constantly slow it down so they can only get one frame a second. There's a real vindictive edge to your reincarnation. Well, if I'm coming back as an object, I, I want the power to do stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I'd like some agency. I wonder what the most powerful object is, like in terms of what single object controls the most things. I bet it's whatever controls, like, traffic flow, like those things that change speed limits on the fly. Or maybe whichever button launches the nukes you could come back as and just keep being like, oh, like you start the launch process and then cancel it. The <laughs> Again, it's quite, quite interesting. A, we're playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, more than fire. There must be one single object though in the world that does the most, has the most direct connection to everything else. Like whatever controls all of Google's servers. Surely like something to do with satellites controlling like information flow like because if you yeah because if you are in control of either whether it's either like telecommunications or whether it's like internet if you it, whatever's in control of that magic <laughs> then yeah. whichever wizard owns that then uh, <laughs> they they hold they hold everything well. because if you take down people's ability to communicate like that I, I, I ref- simply refuse to believe that it would be like all these films, like fucking like Independence Day or something, where everyone suddenly just cracks out the Morse code machines. You know, well, fuck <laughs> off. Oh, yeah. We, sorry, Sergeant, we just had this hanging around. Got a message from the Yanks. <laughs> How about if you came back as the universe? That's my one. As everything? Yeah. That's a thing, isn't it? It's all things, but it's also a So, thing. God. You want to come back as God? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to the root of it there. <laughs> not Proust's magic is starting to show <laughs> he's doing well yeah he's really unearthed something in me that I definitely already knew <laughs> we all already knew existed <laughs> oh so okay. I, this has been a a decent journey into our lives revelatory yeah. Yeah. as ever I feel like I'm, my answers have been a bit lacklustre on the positive ones and it's just because I think you could get the impression from that that I'm not very happy or that I don't want any talents but really the answer is I'm quite just content, content with, with life. The next set of questions are going to be, they start kind of not as interesting, but then there's one that includes the phrase lowest depth of misery. It's going to be a big one. So are tune we going, in for episode look, 36. Look, looking ahead, yeah. I mean, you've maybe given the game away there. Are we likely to get ourselves in trouble again next week? Um, No, I don't think so. Not in the same oh, way. All right. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's I good. think this will be... A good set. So tune in on Sunday for that. It's going to be all manner of joy. Until then, though, how can people get in touch and generally plug our show on our behalf? Well, uh, as Isaac likes to say, word of mouth Uh is best of mouth. Well, it just is, isn't it? Uh, And 
So what we want you to do is tell a friend. Yeah. If you've got them, if you have even one friend, just keep telling them. Just don't let them forget mm. that we're here. Just keep twice a week, it. constantly <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. Um, you can also somewhat more simply or individually uh, access our lives, our work via mm. the website, uh, which is shame.city. There are various pages you might wish to visit. Uh, shame.city slash review. That's one we haven't mentioned a little while, Isaac. What? No, I've forgotten what happens. Well, what it will do, if you're on an iOS device, it will very, very helpfully just flick you right over to the iTunes listing for our show, which you can <sighs> otherwise find by just Googling That's a Shame podcast. It'll come up. And you can leave a review. You can tell people how much you like the show. It helps us out and it will help you out in a kind of tangential way because the more you feed our egos and the more people in a more realistic sense are like, yeah, we like what you're doing, the more we're likely to keep doing it till the the end of time. And then the more likely we are to set up a Patreon and the more likely you are to give us money. Exactly. (laughs) It really helps you in the long run. It's the circle of life, isn't it? Because, you know... Papa's got to pay the bills, right? This letterbox won't lengthen itself. <laughs> you can uh, you can get in touch with us uh, by emailing tas at shame.city or via the website shame.city slash contact. Or, of course, you can get in touch on Twitter. The show mm. is at That's A Shamecast. We're, uh, we've got some stuff buffered. We're, we're going to be back on the social media hype this month. It's going to be big. After a somewhat lackadaisical <laughs> yeah. few weeks. It wasn't all there. No. Um, but more individually, you can find Isaac at Isaac BD and myself at Cynical Declan. Who knows where I got that name? <laughs> Could be anywhere. Also, last one, shame.city slash mail. Sign up to the mailing list. A bonus episode will be with you in the coming weeks. Yes. Only if you're signed up there, though, because otherwise you'll be able to see it on shame.city, but it'll be locked with a password that you'll just never be able to guess. And what more tragedy is that that would be like coming back as plato or something and only being trapped in his cinema world while he goes about his life it's the ultimate lateral thinking puzzle of just trying to hack the episode (laughs) it's horrible i would not recommend it to anyone but yeah thanks for tuning in this has been episode 35 i've been isaac you've been i've been declan i thought so and we'll see you on sunday goodbye gang see you then Simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I'm in the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you
The bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I wander, wherever I roam, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder, couldn't be fonder, my new home, my new home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. The bare necessities of life will come to you. 